and we just started asking why. And you know how bad that can be for an entrepreneur, right? You start asking why, and then you ask why again, and well, you know, blah, 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 right? And so we went down the rabbit hole and we learned the thing that really started the company, which is that America used to be of the world about a hundred years ago. Welcome back to the show. And today we are so blessed to have a fellow Rocky Mountain liver, uh, RT. Will you please tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I'm RT Custer and I am, have been building for the last 10 years Vortic Company, V O R T I C, Vortic Watch Company in Fort Collins, Colorado. Love it. Um, and yeah, our, our crazy idea roughly 10 years ago, my business partner Tyler and I were uh, playing around a golf and we thought can we make a watch in america like truly made in usa <laughs> and it's taken us a long time but the answer is a resounding yes we're here making watches in fort Collins, colorado right on you must have said watch me do it <laughs> or it's about time or something like that <laughs> yep. All right. All right. You must have kids or something because those dad jokes don't come easily. Um, I do. Anyway. I do. Yep. Yep. Two, two little ones. Good. Uh, hopefully take over the family business or at least some good dad jokes every now and again. <laughs> well, it just happens. There's something about that. So, so as you decided to build the watch company, I mean, you're sitting on the golf course, you're talking about what, why was this important to you? I mean, what problem did you set out to solve? You just don't like the Swiss. You don't like the Chinese. Like what, what's happening here? Yeah. Well, so it wasn't that we didn't like anything or any of that stuff. It was that yeah. we, uh, we wanted to, we had a bunch of ideas for wristwatches, right? Like it was like, okay, okay. It, it seems like we're, we're wanting to start a watch company and we had all, all these different ideas. And we, we thought to ourselves, well, um, if we're going to start a watch company, we should make it in America because we knew right. a little right. bit, you know, and the little bit that we did know is most watches are made in China or Switzerland. And, right. and we just started asking why, and you know how bad that can be for an entrepreneur, right? You start asking why, and then you ask why again. And somebody <laughs> says, well, watches are made in China or Switzerland. Why? Well, totally. you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so we went down the rabbit hole and we learned the thing that really started the company, which is, that America used to be of the world about a hundred years ago. And there were these 10 companies huh. that we call the great American watch companies. And they manufactured pocket watches in the USA in cities like Boston and Chicago about a hundred years ago, really from 1850 to 1950. Wow. And over a hundred million pocket watches were made in America during that hundred years. And today it's crazy. Me? And most people don't know this. Yeah, mo most that. people have no idea yeah. that America was the Switzerland of the world. Like I said, it's it's like, and and they were wow. little mechanical movements. So they're you know this is way before electricity even. So like in, in manufacturing, and so sure. it's a little engine that tells time. And that's that's what we do is we take an antique American pocket watch and we turn it into a wristwatch. So everything inside the watch is old, roughly a hundred years old. And everything outside the watch is new and built in Colorado. And that's really our concept is, is upcycling these pieces of American history. Um, because wow. we realize that most pocket watches today are getting scrapped for gold or silver of the, the case, like the outside of the pocket watch. Right. 
And um, right. by saving the old pocket watches, we were solving our original problem we set out, which is we're making a truly, I mean, 100% American made watch um, by, you know, using these old, old movements or the inside of the old pocket watches. So you, are these actual old pieces of pocket watches or are these just replicates of, of how they were built? No, it's it's all original on the inside. I'm, I'm holding this is one of my personal watches that I, they have. It's all gold in there that you can see, and Shut um, up. it's a little engine that tells time. These these pocket watch mechanisms, or we call it the movement, is a set of roughly a hundred pieces, gears and springs and pieces of metal. This one was made in Chicago, the Elgin, Illinois, wow. um, and this one was made in 1941 for the U.S. Army Air Corps, what became the Air Force. So this was a World War II pocket watch flown into B-17. Um, and now it's a wristwatch that I wear every day and celebrate the history of America and American made and military history and Shut all that up. stuff. Yeah, Love it. Yep. Love it. That's freaking awesome, actually. <laughs> so we, we call it the American Artisan Series. And we launched uh -huh. that idea on Kickstarter in 2014. Yeah. And and basically the claim to fame was not only is it a pocket watch turned into wristwatch, um, which we can do everything from, you know, finding them in estate sales to, you know, taking your grandpa's right. pocket watch and turning it into wristwatch as a service. Um, but also, cool. you know, solving that original problem, which is we're making a truly American made watch. And we thought, and now we know people want that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now these are obviously not a Swatch watch. I mean, what what's the what's the price tag on these collections? What was typically a watch selling for in your in your lineup? Yeah, so currently our prices are two thousand to twelve thousand. They're all individually priced. Um, each one love is it. is one of a kind. Like the watch that I that I have on my wrist is a one of a kind, never to be made again product. And so wow. we price them like art. So each one is individual, it has its own story, has its own page on our website for every single watch. If you buy that wow. watch, it is yours and no one else will have anything like it. Um, and so it's, it's, it's so more cool. art than, than watch. Um, and that's where, that's where the price point of our current product comes from. And, um, you know, our, our mission is, is still to make watches in the USA. Um, and I say a lot, and I've said a lot over the last 10 years that I wish we could make more because we can only make a few hundred of these right. watches a year and they're, they're not cheap. Right. Right. So, um, right. That's really our next, our next phase is, is making more. I was just going to say, where, where are we yeah. going with this? Because you, you can only find so many estate sales, garage sales or <laughs> thrift shops. You can find these watches in. What is the next play? What are you guys up to? Yeah. So, um, September 26, we're launching a new company. We call it a sister company or a sister brand called Colorado Watch Company. And, nice. and we're making watches in Colorado using all modern materials. And it's mostly made in USA. Obviously, we have to source some from overseas at this point because right. watches are still, for the most part, even 10 years later, you know, today, they're still made in China or Switzerland. But we've, yeah. we do have some people that can help us. And so... Um, now we're starting this, this new company, Colorado watch company, so that we can make thousands of watches a year, not just hundreds. Nothing's changing wow. about this product. We'll still make roughly 300 a year. You know, Vortec watch company stays the same, but now we'll have a set, a sister brand or a separate company that we can scale hopefully massively and make thousands of watches in America for 
a starting price of less than a thousand dollars. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Very cool. I, and are they going to be uh, self-operated, like same mechanical motions as the as the classics, or what are you thinking? Yeah, so we're using all mechanical movements, but the old pocket watches are all manually wound, and so you like gotcha. this watch, you have to wind it up every day, and that's that's part of the charm. But also, it's a hundred years old, and so that's just the way they did it back then. Our new right. Colorado watch company watches will be automatic. So as you move your wrist, they will wind and you can watch the rotor, that thing in the back, spin around and wind it. Um, some people call it self-winding. Most people call that's it awesome. automatic. And so um, so that's so what it is. So just the normal no pace and action of your arms will, will, will charge it. Exactly. Yeah. No, no batteries. You don't have to plug it in. You don't have to do anything like that. As long as you move enough, it's going to wind itself. And if you aren't moving enough, you can literally wind it, you know, um, just like I do these. Love it. Love it. Dude, that's freaking awesome. Way, way to go. What a cool company. Thank you. Yeah, it's been uh, been a journey and it's been super fun. And like I said, just, you know, it, it's, it's great that people want to support Made in USA in all industries, even yeah. watches. Dude, I'm all in. I'm all in. This sounds amazing. I can't wait to see the lineup. So, so launching September, October of 2023 and where do you see, I mean, how are you going to know demand? Like starting manufacturing is a very big deal. What are you looking at in terms of setup for this? Well, so we, we, in the last 10 years, just trying to figure out how to make our current product and take a pocket watch, turn your yeah. wristwatch. We've had to build out our own manufacturing because I mean, really nobody makes this kind of stuff. And so sure. I'm sitting in our manufacturing facility. It's 8,500 square feet. We have 10 employees. We have millions of dollars worth of CNC machines or machines that take a chunk of metal and cut it and turn it into nice bits and pieces of watches. And so we're set up to scale and we're ready. Um, and the way we're doing it is we're using Kickstarter. So we're going to crowdfund for 30 days. And basically nice. the ask is... I mean, what I said in the video that we just recorded is if you think watches should be made in America, we've proven that they can come support Colorado Watch Company and let's make thousands and not hundreds. Because in my mind, made in USA isn't just the literal definition of where it's made. In my mind, it also involves the word value. Like people want a really strong value for the money. And in order to achieve a great value on a luxury wristwatch, um, we need to make a lot of them. We need to make thousands, not hundreds. And so um, the only way I can predict how many to make is by saying, okay, here's the idea. Here's where it is. It's on Kickstarter. It's crowdfunding. You get a discount for pre-ordering the product. If we sell right. hundreds, we make hundreds. If we sell thousands, we scale up and we make thousands, right? So Love it's it. a gamble, but it's... Um, it's a good one, I think. It's because, a smart play. Yeah, smart that's, play. That's where we're headed. I mean, your heavy cost is already in with the CNC machines and all that kind of good stuff. Now it's just a matter of how much labor do you need to throw the stuff together, right? Basically, yep. Which um, watchmakers and people that help us build watches are very hard to find. You know, the skilled trade gap is I a real imagine. thing <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, we are, we are ready to scale. We have partners, all of our manufacturing partners can make thousands, not hundreds. And so, um, cool. I, I, I don't see anything holding us back besides just generating the demand and telling people we exist, which is why I'm sitting here today with you. I just wanted to take a few seconds to tell you about a program that we have assembled 
with a lot of our podcast guests and a lot of people who are listening to the show who are feeling the same way that they do. There's a recurring theme. You'll hear a lot of these founders talk about, I couldn't have done it without my team. I couldn't have done it without a a support group of peers. I couldn't have done it without having someone to talk to that understood my feeling of isolation as an operator of my business. You see, you're not alone. It is hard running a business, and it's even harder when you know you can't express all your deepest concerns and frustrations with your executive team. It makes them nervous. It gets them scared. You don't want scared people on your executive team. So where do you turn? The Captain's Council is where you turn. The Captain's Council it is an organization that we are put together with podcast guests, as well as people who are listening who are in the same boat. You see, peers are the only ones that can give you the type of empathy, the type of advice that only a founder or operator know and understand. Go check it out at captainscouncil.com. I know you're gonna love what you see there. We have put together an organizational structure that has small group settings, a global community of founders and operators, as well as monthly and quarterly in-person events. You're gonna love what you see there. I can't wait for you to check it out and enjoy the rest of this episode. Love it, love it, have fun. Well, for those of you listening, you may not be starting a manufacturing company, but you may be facing some of the same challenges. How do you diversify your brand and how do you get your, you know, sometimes it means making another brand that's a sister company of the mother product, which which is a smart play in a situation like this. I think, I think your decision to keep the authenticity of that, that, uh, that pocket watch brand itself and then starting this other brand as a different name, different entity, different all the other stuff, I think it's a really smart idea. What, what was the big driver in that? Have you always planned on doing this or what was your, what was your thought going into that? Well, um, when we started the company, the, the name Vortic is actually from Vortex and TikTok. And, okay. and we had a bunch of other ideas that involved like bezels, you know, when you turn the bezel, it, it does some cool stuff. And so we were, we sure. were playing around with like this Vortex kind of concept. And then we came, we came up with the pocket watch to wristwatch idea. And so the name stuck, even though it's not necessarily directly for concept. that. Yeah. Right. Um, but now, you know, it's been 10 years. And so especially my customers and people in the watch industry, they associate what's called a pocket watch conversion. Or when we take a pocket watch and turn it into a wristwatch, they associate that with the word Vortic, you know, like those two dudes in Colorado, sure. um, that Colorado watch company is taking pocket watches and turning them into wristwatches. And, gotcha. and that's what people are saying is like, that's our current product. And so it doesn't make sense for us to come out with just a whole new, totally separate product under that same name. It right, might be confusing. Right. And then, like I just said, most people, if they forget our company name, Vortic or VorticWatches.com, they will just search Colorado Watch Company because they know there's that's only hilarious. one Colorado watch company. And so Smart. when we had the idea of like, what do we call our new company? We were like, well, what are people going to put into Google that? Totally. Right. And we already totally. own the SEO. So if you, if you Google nice. to, before Colorado watch company exists, like as we record this, if you Google Colorado watch company, it's going to go straight to Vortic. So we already own the, the SEO and now we can just layer on top of that and, and grow. Love it. 
Love it. Love it. I wonder how long it'll take you to uh, to rank ahead of Vordick once you <laughs> once you unleash the domain. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be interesting because now we're we're fighting, you know, PR and all that kind of stuff, but um we're we're getting our we're getting new PR um and and hopefully, right. you know, all kinds of new articles and things like that about just specifically Colorado Watch Company. Um but the exciting thing is now we're not just selling watches, we're selling the adventure and the freedom and the allure and the mystery of the state of Colorado, sure. which, you know, I sure. mean, is fantastic uh, from a marketing standpoint. So that's what I'm excited about mostly. Fantastic. Dude, I love it. I can only imagine you're going to have series based on different parts of the mountains, different colors, different things. Yeah, I, I, I'm visualizing where you're going with this. This is really, really cool. Yeah. Love it's, it. It's going to be super fun. So, so along the way, I mean, 10 years in business is a long time for, it's longer than most, you know? And, uh, and so as you've been able to build this, there has to have been some like key moments in that previous 10 years that have led to like, I'm so grateful we made that decision. Now we're, that got us past this hump, that got us past this hump. What are some highlights along the way? I mean, what's been some of the the things you've been able to overcome to get where you're at? Well, so highlights low and high, <laughs> um, because yeah. to your point, it's a roller coaster, especially across ten years. Um, oh yeah. In 2015, after we launched the company on Kickstarter, but before we shipped a single final product to a customer, we were sued by yeah. the Swatch Group, the world's largest watch conglomerate. <laughs> and and sorry i brought up their name no earlier. it's okay <laughs> it's not a sensitive subject because fast forward six years it was a six-year lawsuit a federal trademark lawsuit that almost made it to the supreme wow. court um the the lawsuit Holy. is called uh, hamilton v vortic because uh the swatch group owns uh -huh. the brand hamilton and we took and we take hamilton pocket watches among others and turn them into wristwatches. Oh, and so they they thought I we were see. using their name I without see. their permission, using their trademark without their permission. So that would be like the lowest point is is their low points throughout a massive lawsuit like that from a financial standpoint, from a legal standpoint. From right. A, you know, I started a family during that time. I've had two kids during the lawsuit, right? So like there's there's a lot of I'm surprised <laughs> right. I still have a full head of hair, honestly. Like it's it, it was it was a mess. Um, <laughs> Seriously. But so that was that was obviously like a, a roller coaster in itself, um, but huge learnings that came out of that. And obviously, I feel extremely grateful to have have won a federal lawsuit against the Goliath of our industry, um, which has now no gained us a lot of you know claim to fame, credibility, notoriety. Right, street cred. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm raising money there. right now, and I thought it would be a lot harder to raise money. Um, than it is. But, you know, a lot of these people that I'm talking to, potential investors, they're just like, well, you already did the hardest thing you're probably ever going to have to do. So like, this is this, this has been de-risked, you know, no so, kidding. so that's, that's a big one. Wow. And then like more tactical, when the pandemic hit, um, it, first of all, we didn't realize that when, and how could you know that for some reason, 2020 and 2021, would be the two best years in the wristwatch industry ever. Um, everyone's locked in their homes or Shut what, up. you know, like the, the pandemic is a real thing, but people have extra money right. and they're buying stuff on the internet and people bought millions of watches in those two years. And so those were our two best years from wow. a direct to consumer standpoint. Um, 
And, but they were only nice. our best years because right in the beginning of the pandemic, we were taking, and for about two years prior to that, we were taking mostly custom orders. So people would either send us a pocket watch or yeah. they would choose from a pocket watch on our website. And then we would make it custom just for them. And it would take right. like six to eight, make their watch. Um, but when the pandemic hit, nobody totally. wanted to wait that long for anything. People wanted instant gratification. And so in June of 2020, we switched the business sure. model and we, we called it watch of the day. And every single day, seven days a week, we produced one new one of a kind watch that we dropped on the internet at the same time, 12 noon every single day. And we sold out. Love it. Exactly. And we sold, we were Everybody like, remember whoop.com back in the day? We, 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 we built whoop.com yeah. for yeah. watches during the pandemic and we were selling watches like crazy. They were selling instantly. One of the best ideas that Tyler, Tyler and I have ever had. Um, <laughs> and it was the same. Were from you many... auctioning them or was it just a, uh, a flat price? Every no, day? Just, a, just a flat price. Like here's, here's the Dude, new you watch. You got to auction that bad boy. I know we thought, <laughs> we thought about it. Um, but like had customers who said like, I, I would have bought that. Like I would have paid twice as much or whatever, but, um, totally. it was, it was really cool. And, um, we served a lot of people and a lot of people like really got excited about it. We obviously had a huge website traffic cool. spike every day. So that was, that was probably one of our, <laughs> one of our better ideas, um, and, and kept us alive in a, in a healthy way through, through the pandemic, um, especially right. from a financial standpoint. Right. So little, little pivots, you know, along the way it's, um, Oh, what I was trying to say is, um, it was the same thing from a manufacturing standpoint, like whether we're doing custom made to order or whether we did the watch of the day yeah. thing, we were making one watch a day on average. So we didn't internally cool. change a thing. We just flipped it and we right. said, okay, we're just yeah. selling only what we make, um, instead of making what we sell. I love it, dude. That's what, a, what a fun pivot, what a fun strategy. And, but I can see why you probably got a little bit anxious of saying, all right, how much more supply can we get of these, of this raw material to convert to watches? Let's think about starting this additional brand that you're doing now. Totally. Yeah. And, and there's plenty of pocket watches out there. I mean, it's certainly going to get harder for us to cherry pick the best ones that we do today. Um, right. But, you know, right. at a certain point, like we, we made 420 watches, 425 watches in 2018. And that, that right. was hard. It was very difficult to make that many. And it, it really put a lot of stresses right. on different parts of our supply chain. Um, yeah. And even at $5,000 a watch, if, if we, if we got there, that's still a, a yeah. small business, right? For, for some, you know, sure. I think that's, sure. that's a good business. Um, but for us, like we want to, yeah, scale. we want to scale. We want to, we want to make thousands or yeah. something. And so that's why we're coming out I with this new it. brand. Love it. I love it. What a fun idea. And, and now, you know, you've already described a lot of big challenges that kind of, pivoted you forward into these, into these better decisions. A lot of, I would say that the vast majority of entrepreneurs today are not manufacturing anything, right? There's a lot of software. There's a lot of SaaS. There's a lot of uh, service oriented companies, but there are some select few who are building really, really cool products. A lot of them building here in the U S um, believe it or not, I've actually talked to more. This is a great trend. We're seeing of people taking pride in this American built, 
uh, stuff. And I, 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 for one, love to buy American when I can. And, uh, and I love what you're doing. What advice do you have for others who are, are considering it or are in the throes of it and saying, man, I can't compete with China and Switzerland in my, in my industry? What do you say to them? How do you help them? Yeah. So number one piece of advice is if you want to make things in America for marketing purposes, you should not do it. Um, <laughs> be, because Love it is very, it's very, very difficult, right? So yeah, there yeah. has to be some sort of other why than just, I think yeah. we can sell a little bit more. I think we can charge a little bit more if it's made here. Right. It, it doesn't, it doesn't pencil unless your entire company. Yeah. Like you need to have your entire company, all your core values, everyone in this building feels the same way that if it should be made here or if it can be made here, then it should be made here. Like, I mean, our, our trademarked slogan as a company since the day we started was America wasn't assembled. It was built. And, Ooh. and I, I created that because most Ooh, companies love that. Most companies bring in, they import parts from around the country or around the world, and then they right. assemble them in the United States, and then they stamp "Made in USA" on the back of the watch or back of the product, and they get in trouble for that because right. that's that's not what it is. It needs to be right. built here. And our new products under Colorado Watch Company, we're saying not just "Made in USA," but built in Colorado because now. Wow. Now my my statement is is opening Pandora's box and it's saying, "Hey, come here to Colorado and let me show you what I've yeah. built." Right? Like it's it's about Colorado, it's about this building, it's about my team here that are artisans and we do something that somebody can't. So you have to have this this company-wide culture and passion around right. it, like like Origin, you know, as a company, they do all kinds of amazing stuff, mostly mostly in clothing. Um, and clearly, right. like it's to their soul, is it should be made here. Um, so that's the first advice: is make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, Love it. And then the and then the second advice is really do your homework because a lot of people that sell you the, the raw materials or the other components, you know, I don't want to say there's bad people in the world, but like, there's a lot of people that don't do enough research and you say, Hey, I want to sure. like, we've had so many issues where it's like, I want to make a t-shirt and I want my t-shirt to be made in USA. And right. you just Google like made in USA t-shirt company and you order the first one. And like, you know, they put the tag on in America and then they called it like right. assembled or, or the package <laughs> sure, or designed sure. in USA. Like there's so many swindlers yep. in, in that. And that's why I say, if you're doing it for marketing, don't do it. If you're doing it for passion and pride and patriotism, well, like, that's why you do it. You, and you brought up some great points there that every business owner should be thinking. And that is really be clear on your core values, really be clear on your mission you know, you clearly have a mission and values that are aligning your entire team, your product, your even your buyers are aligned with what you guys are doing. And I think the more you repeat that, the more you emphasize that, the more you build off of that, that is how you build the audience. So that is how you build the traction that you need to build and grow the way you have. So, so bravo to you in doing all this. Um, you know, I don't want to let you leave without getting a shout out of, uh, 
who why like who's who you've been leaning on who you've been uh going to for advice and doing this thing well i mean you know first first shout out that um you, pr you probably won't be able to find them on instagram but my my dad um uh, my dad has always awesome. always been a just a mentor and you know my my Love cheerleader I mean, my whole my, my whole family but but specifically my dad um and and he was my role model right um i definitely believe cool. in nurture over nature um even though i certainly was in some ways born to be an entrepreneur but um more specifically yeah. I, i'd like to call out um my friend chris harder um chris is a is a podcaster a, a mentor to me um he's an amazing awesome. entrepreneur and um and chris you know, we met over watches originally. He was a watch collector. He ran a mastermind. Right I, I, I tried to get, I tried to pay for his mastermind with a watch, you know, and get in the room. Um, but, <laughs> awesome. but he's always been a mentor to me and, and taught me so much. Um, so if you're listening, did you to get this, in? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was in his mastermind and then I, I we went, went so well, I actually bought his mastermind. I've ran, ran it for a couple of years. So, um, nice. great, great mentor. Good for you. Boy, I, I wish I knew that ahead of time. I love talking to guys that that build a good mastermind. And uh, for those of you listening, if you aren't part of a mastermind, if you're not part of a community, you need to find one that you fit in. Because, I mean, RT, how much value do you get out of your mastermind? Oh, I've I've joined and been part of so many. Um, I, so much value. I mean, just from uh, Chris, Chris's mastermind and the one that, that I've run now for a while is called fast foundations. Um, yeah. and, and that's what it is. And that's what it was for me is, um, just getting some of that foundational help and advice, but more importantly, you know, it's how I've met most of my entrepreneurial friends, you know, how else are we going to meet it. people that think like us and are just crazy and have these crazy ideas and, and make that okay. Um, then if we Love join it. a room full of other people like us, so that's what I get. Fantastic. Woo. RT. Love that shout out. And for those of you listening, be paying attention, masterminds, council meetings, groups of peers. It is the way to build and grow. The best way is to talk to other people that are actively operating a business right now. So love the shout out RT. Love the, love the shout out to the dad. And, um, we look forward to catching all of you on the next episode. RT, thanks for taking the time to be here today. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for having me. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Isn't he an amazing guy? I mean, RT is building the most amazing watches. He's taking an American legendary piece of, of, of classic history, turning them into watches, and now building a strong American-branded watch company. I just I love it. I, I Honestly, I cannot wait to go out to his facility, check it out, and see what they're doing. Uh, we're neighbors here in the Rocky Mountains, so I can't wait to check it out. But RT, like many of you, are building amazing and wonderful things. One of the things that RT talked about at the end of the interview was the fact that he liked his, his uh, mastermind so much, he ended up buying the mastermind. Now, not everyone's expected to do that, and not everyone really knows the value of what a mastermind can do for you. But what I'm here to tell you is that today's episode is sponsored by CaptainsCouncil.com. If you haven't heard about Captain's Council yet, you gotta know that it's a community of other CEOs and founders who are building and growing their businesses right now. They're actively running and operating, but we put them in groups of peer advisory boards, a council per se. Thus, these 
eight to 12 captains of their companies come together and counsel on things that matter to their growth and scaling objectives. It's an amazing place to get feedback, not just from anybody that's on the street, but from other people who have successfully launched and are successfully growing and scaling their companies. There is no better place to find that type of advisory. You can't find it one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. You can only find it in a group like Captain's Council. Come check it out. We'd love to have you come attend one of our meetings and be part of our community. This podcast is sponsored by Captain's Council, but it is a great first step to learn what kind of value we bring to the table. We're interviewing experienced founders, operators of big businesses who are telling their story, talking about the things that matter to them in their growth journey, and it's only gonna bless your life if you pay attention. So come on, be part of our podcast community, but also check out captainscouncil.com today because we want you to be part of our council. We'll see you there.